we we always say that we're going to be an hour, a solid hour, and Claude and D end up arguing somewhere in the <laughs> somewhere in the pod, and it just <laughs> runs over. <laughs> no, it's not me. It's always you. It. <laughs> it's not. It's Claude and his his words. He has to use all the big words in every dictionary he's ever read. It's ridiculous. If, if he I talks say like, a word that he has talks more like than four letters, if I say a word that has more than four letters, y'all start. Oh, here he go with the words. Oh my goodness. He talks like big words. <laughs> he, he uses words like "ti" for no reason at all. Like, None. Like none. There are so many synonyms I, to the words that I you use. apologize that I haven't expanded vocabulary because I read <laughs> books. Forgive me. Here. Here. Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with the Homie. It's your host, the illustrious CJ, joined by my guy. You see his watch? Ashanti bought that. Eugene McKeever. Also here, she's tiny but mighty, very feisty, and like the game's new album, she's here for two hours of gang talk and violence. Lil Miss D. And today, we got special guests. Creators of The Butterland, Paris, and Eris Pearsall. Let's give it up for the homies. What's up? Yo, how's everybody feeling this week? Good. Welcome to the pod. We appreciate y'all joining. I'm doing good. Um, I got a closing date, so I'm happy about that. The downside is that we have to kick packing into overload in two weeks. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Packing is ghetto. Three out of ten. Would not recommend. Hire them. Hire packers or movers if you can. We hired movers. Um, I don't have the budget for packers. Yeah. Ooh, you got movers? <laughs> My man bowling. You literally just moved three days ago <laughs> with movers. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> with <But>. no job. <laughs> Right. I moved because I have a job. We are now officially the podcast of the employed, okay? We are no longer the fun employed. It's not fun to make, it's not as nice to make fun of the unemployed thing. No, I mean, I don't make fun of the unemployed. I just make fun of Claude being unemployed. <laughs> Yo, I went two years without a job, which every, my, my family gets very upset with me when I say that because they're like, no, you had a job. You were an entrepreneur, still, still am. Uh, you were working. You just weren't working in the traditional method that you were accustomed to. But when them paychecks ain't steady, it feel like you are unemployed. <laughs> I can I can attest to that. Because <laughs> I'd have seasons where I was up, and I'm like, yo, it's lobster and crab legs for everybody. And then seasons where I'm like, all right, where the can tuna at? Yeah, split that can, wow. all right? <laughs> Damn. I said y'all split that can of tuna. It's really small, like a six ounce can. Listen. <laughs> listen. It was depression era meals in my house for a little while. I get um, but we're going to hear all about that entrepreneur life from our homies today. Yeah. But before that, 
We gotta touch it. Sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds awful. You not trying to touch it tonight? Wow. This is a family no. podcast. This is, I'm talking about the current events and topics in our touch it segment that we do every single week. I thought it was supposed to be Buster. Are you gonna leave it at Buster? How did it I become mean, this? perverted touch it because i play touch it when i introduce the segment Watch bust the song okay. touch it all right no, oh I'm the song the song touch it i i don't know where you was going with i play touch yeah, it. You know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you touch it in your first you, you have got to provide more detail you know what the listeners know the homies know i, I don't know super producer d what we got going on this week all right so you said we were talking about the cdc and how they blew um the whole pandemic response out of proportion do you agree or not i mean you know i agree (laughs) you you know put on your red hat do we have are we starting already tonight long long did you did you pack your red hat did you take it with you so we so we starting already okay i'm just asking Uh, D, do you want to provide a little more background to the listeners as to how the CDC admits that they messed up the pandemic response? So they basically are saying that they are they're admitting, which is very, very rare, um, after fierce criticism, obviously not from people like you, on their handling of both the COVID and the monkeypox outbreak. Um Overall, there was just not clear communication. They sucked at communicating the necessary steps um, that were needed to be precautious in regards to, to preventing the out the spread of both. Um, I don't want to say diseases, viruses, but I mean overall, what I gather from the article that you shared, I just want to know for all the people that were fired from their jobs that refused to get the um, COVID vaccination. They need to be reinstated with their positions, should they so choose. I don't know what, you know where they are in life or career, but at least offer their jobs back with a public apology. And if I must say, back pay. Because how are you going to fire me for not getting a vaccination and then turn around and come out and say, you know, conveniently at the beginning of the school year, you don't have to um, distance yourselves anymore. You don't have to get a vaccination anymore. And, you know, blatantly say it's not that serious, which COVID still can be very serious for some. But I just feel like it's overall stupid. I was kind of with you until the back pay part, because ain't no way they get reparations right. before us. All right. I'm Why sorry. Not? We black people, we owed something. Okay. The government has proven that they don't care about us and everyone that will continue to get reparations before us. They'll get it. Listen, I just as I long as that as long as that group is not predominantly black. Now, if it's majority black that they have to rehire, nah, they not getting no back pay. I just want to play devil's advocate here. Just to here you spark go. a here you spark, go. spark an argument between the two uh the two outspoken ones. You um, so petty. <laughs> In in the CDC's defense, they were learning about COVID as it was evolving. 
So they couldn't oh, put any. Why you got to do this? <laughs> so I'm gonna just I'm gonna just roll that ball into middle court, and you all can play dodgeball with that. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So but, I mean, they, they, they were learning. They were learning about it as it was happening. So, and I, the reason I know that I just listened to a doctor from the CDC talk about this in an interview. Um, so they were learning about it as it happened. So that's why the precautions were all over the place. And one week it was wear a mask. Another week it was, oh, yeah, hey, we don't have to wear a mask. Yeah. The public could tell that they were feeding us tidbits here or there. You know, so that's no surprise. It's just a matter yeah. of, you know, facade they kept up. The problem is we know that they weren't creating policy as they were learning about it because we have data. Initially, they lied to us about masks not working so that people wouldn't buy them instead of just saying, hey, there's a shortage. Don't buy them up. Medical professionals need them. In addition to that, they didn't acknowledge airborne transmission of COVID until May of 2021, which was 16 months after the data was clear about it. So we know that they weren't creating policy from the perspective of, oh, we just found this out two weeks later. Now we're we're trying to dispel that information. So that CDC doctor is lying. Um, but they failed. They failed in a lot of ways. And there was a lot of data early on to show that. They refused to acknowledge for a very long time that obesity was one of those high risk factors for COVID and instead tried to do a one policy for all type thing, which doesn't work in any other area of life. So I don't know why they thought it would here. There was enough data early on about the ineffectiveness of lockdowns and on and on we can go. I just want the apology to be as loud as the criticism was. That's all. As someone who was not formally employed, how did the lockdown impose on your life of ice cream so that that's actually that's a really good question right because i'm i'm in new york what we dealt with was very different from the overwhelming majority of this country march of 2020 in new york was really scary when everything first shut down we were getting uh cuomo was coming on talking about the death tolls every day hospitals were overrun there weren't any there weren't enough ICU beds, which you actually find out that in total, there's like 1,600 ICU beds in a city of eight and a half million people. And initially, the lockdowns were to slow the spread because the estimates were that 40 to 70 percent of us were going to get it, which it clearly is on the higher end of that spectrum. So no matter what, you needed like a on the most conservative estimates, like a one percent um critical rate for the ICU beds to not be, a less than 1% critical rate for the ICU beds to not be uh, overflowing. Well, you know, the spread of the disease, um, I think happened, and I think that could have been more controlled too, because why is it that almost a year and a half, we just started receiving kits in the mail from the government? Like, why didn't they send that sooner? Um, people were going outside of their homes to try to go to facilities to get tests, taking their children, their mothers, their aunts, everybody, the whole family out of the house to these centers, waiting in line, probably not getting seen that day, having to come back the next day or the day after, uh, spreading disease or virus. Um, it, was, it, was, it was crazy to me. I didn't understand why it took so long for them to send out tests. If they were going to keep us in lockdown, why didn't they send out tests to people so the people didn't have to go anywhere to at least find out if they were infected with COVID? 
right when europe europe was sending out tests mad early mad quickly but for yeah, us it was because they they wanted specifically approved tests because it, it always comes down to money in this country yeah moving on what else you got for us d you see how i played that because i don't want you to put your hat on <laughs> you you tell me what about that had a, had a red hat on we don't have that kind of time we had already also 56 minutes as a black man of a certain skin tone i look good in every color i'm not taking any colors out of my out of my spectrum eugene get your boy tell me you moved to long island <laughs> tell me you moved to long island. thank you thank you <laughs> I mean, good grief. All right. Um, so <laughs> next we have LeBron agrees to a two-year, what is it, two-year contract extension for 97.1 mm. mil. Mm. I think he's already in the second half of that. Yeah, I don't want to touch on this one. I don't, I don't know anything about this. I, I can't touch on it. I can't touch it. You, you can't You can't <laughs> touch it, Ares? It's all right. It's okay. Eugene, you want to touch this? You did. God, that sounds terrible. <laughs> That's so bad. Um, so when I first saw that, I was immediately I thought, okay, something else has to be in play because LeBron don't just be signing extensions at this part of the offseason. If he does, it's usually for a year. So for him to sign for two years, there must be someone else coming. Something else must be getting ready to happen for the Lakers, for him to be agreeing to an extension like that. Um, I know the CBA is about to be up, I think, at the end of next year, so he may just be trying to secure his money that way before they possibly go into a lockout. But something else is at play, and it always is with LeBron. Listen, that second year, that contract, I think, is paying him $44.5 million. Get your money, King. Absolutely. All I know is... I blame my daddy and my mama for not making me a foot taller. Yeah. Well, you had that contract if you were a foot taller? I don't need that contract if I was that tall. You give me the league minimum right now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't even need to be in the league. Let me play overseas. Let me Yo, get some get, money. You get good money overseas. Yep. You do. I know somebody right now that's playing overseas. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> just don't do anything stupid like you know bring a hookah pin or anything yeah yo y'all think BG gonna do gonna do all nine of those years no somebody needs to figure something out this is ridiculous I think all... if they can come to an agreement on the proper trade without releasing that arms dealer I think them asking for the arms dealer through kind of a spin um, cause that's a lot. That's a lot. You, yeah. Don't nobody want him out on the streets. Eugene, what'd you say last episode? She got to do her bit. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, if it comes down to BG and an arms dealer, a global arms dealer, BG got to do that time, man. We we can't release a global arms dealer who is. Supplying the gun, the weapons for multiple civil wars. We can't we can't release her for that. She's she's great. She's an American. We want all our Americans home. She's not worth an arms dealer. Le- LeBron, MJ, 
Kobe, rest in peace, they wouldn't be worth an arms dealer. Hey. Who is worth an arms dealer? That was my next That's question. Good question. Jesus Christ. Uh-uh. Wow. No. <laughs> I thought he was going to say that. I thought he was going to say that. That is it. I respect that answer. And since he can get himself out, nobody. D, what you got next? All right. Final topic, because I'm done with Eugene's sh- shenanigans. Um, I had to go and watch this video because I actually had not seen it. But the guy posts about his fiance not being the most beautiful or the smartest. I mean, Y'all getting that off? He, but no, finish, finish, the, finish the sentence. I'll, let me explain. So <laughs> for the listeners and for parents and ears, what he's basically saying is he was saying that she's not the prettiest, she's not the smartest, but I've chosen you. Like, you know, he recognized in his post that it was not a compliment. But he's saying, like, you know, I'm ch- I'm choosing you. I wouldn't look for perfection anywhere else. What I want to know is... Why did you say that? Well, he was, I guess he was doing it in honor to say, like, they're about to get married because right now she's just a fiance. Look, Eric said, hell no. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like... I just whatever, know, happens, whatever happens to just traditional tributes to people without putting anyone down in any or t- saying anything that would be interpreted as not a tribute like I, I I think that's the whole significance of a tribute you just don't say anything negative about the person what is very, wrong very true very what true and I think it's messed up because in the picture she looks better than him which is weird in the words of crystal crystal jean from the read words mean things (laughs) words mean there is no way i'm I'm just not going to say that one i'm not going to put a video like that out and two if she looks better in my current situation, my wife looks better than me. I'm not going to tell her that she's not the prettiest. I'm going to tell her, hey, I can't have anybody prettier than you. I can't. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen for me. You are the prettiest there is. I don't care about any of these other women. Now, there are other pretty women. But mm, talk about it. She, she's the one that I married, so she's the prettiest. Did you get that on record? <laughs> <laughs> she upstairs. Just, she can't. She can't hear me. We just live. We just live playing. in such a society where one, everything we do needs to be public. Two, we want. We're always trying to do the thing that's going to go viral. Uh-huh. Three, it's sickening. It's sickening. I, I just. I, I want I want us to go back to the days of discretion, the things where something was left to the imagination. I am sick of hearing about the opinions of everyone who has an opinion, which means everyone is just talking when they have the chance to talk. It is sickening. Yeah, you just got people out here starting podcasts for no reason. Yeah, I mean, right? that's crazy. <laughs> None at all. No reason at all. But the, now you, the, you're right. All they big words. That, they gotta go somewhere. Part. These these, pu- these publishers not responding to me, so I got to get the words off somewhere. I can't. But playing devil's advocate, 
I I understood what Whoopi was trying to say. Whoopi said that she gets it because he's approaching marriage in a realistic view. He's saying this person is not perfect, but she's perfect for me in his own way. He just he used the wrong words. That's so what I, I get he's being realistic, but at the end of the day, why be anything? Why post anything? You could have just waited until, well, don't wait for the wedding because maybe this is a red flag for her. But you could have just said nothing. You could have just posted the picture and put a heart emoji. Like, you didn't have to say a thing in the world. But... It, it I, the I, words was, was off. He could, have, he could have done better with that. I mean... Yeah. It, I just felt like it was unnecessary. Um, it, I'm sure it didn't make his wife or his fiance happy. Like, excuse me, what are you talking about? Why? What? Yeah, no. Why? I mean, I think you hit the I, nail on the head, D. Just don't say anything. Like you didn't have to say any of this, uh, even oh, if no. it's the most realistic view, even if it's how you feel deep down inside. You don't gotta say nothing. No, nope. I'm pulling the J. Ellis. I'm gonna send out private invitations, and then I'm gonna post a picture and tell my comments off. We don't need to talk about it. Don't nothing need to be said. Y'all know what date it is because I posted it. Here's the thing, right? Like what he said is it's true for all of us. None of us are the prettiest. None of us are the smartest. Unless your name is Claude. Uh-huh. I don't need you to say that to me though. Because right? you can say that. Well, even even if you are the prettiest, how many people are the prettiest and the smartest? I just want you to admit that it's not that, true. Hey, that smart high scale don't really don't really go all the way up. Mm. <laughs> so you're not up there, is what you're saying. We're not talking about me right now. One day I'm gonna get you to admit it too. <laughs> I get swear me to you admit make you what? a baddie. And, you and you're I'm, a baddie. Oh, I'm a piece. I am pieced up. Okay. <laughs> oh, he, <laughs> he fully believes it. And he wore that suit the other week. The, that short it. suit. That short Son, suit I, the other week. You couldn't tell sis nothing. You couldn't tell him nothing. He had creases in him and everything. Had my knees out in Miami. Sis had her ankles out and everything. I looked good. Okay. (laughs) In my my pink suit. I was pink? Sis was serving the the girls. My my lactician called me Big Flamingo. I respect it. I'm sorry. You got called what? My lactation called me Big Flamingo. And that, my friends, is a great transition into talking about the butterland. How? How how was that a great transition? Because I talked is... about my lactation, the woman who does my uh, hair, okay, okay. and the no, butterland about, specializes. <laughs> the butterland specializes in hair care products. Thank you very much. Uh, this, this, bir- this bird was talking about being a bird and said that's a great transition. <laughs> Please, Eris and Paris, the minds behind the Butterland, tell us how did how did this idea come about? Okay, I guess I'll start. So um, I started making products um, at the time. It was just kind of at the in the house. Um, y'all all know, you know, my oldest daughter was diagnosed with cancer, and you know, during her her healing treatment, you know, after her chemo and everything, I kind of wanted to do something for her. Yeah, I know I have a culinary background, so ingredient usage um, has always been fun to me, you know, playing around in the kitchen and getting creative. So 
did a little research on ingredients and healing properties and so forth and just kind of got in the kitchen and started making some things. I uh, started off with just making like small batches, but it was too much for just me to use on myself and her. So I would give it to like friends and family and whatnot. And they would always be like, well, you know, Paris, can you make me some more of the stuff that you made me last time? And I'm like, okay, sure. That's no problem. Cause I would always have some left over. Um, and then I would tell Eris about it. And Eris was like, she, she, is, she has like a business mind. So she was like, Paris, you know, I mean, it's good that you're, you know, you're giving your stuff away, but your stuff is good. And you should like make this a business because you can make some money from it. Um, and in the process, you can, you, you could, you know, tell your story about um, Sydney and cancer and healing your body um, and just being a little bit more knowledgeable about the things that you're using on your body. So that's how it began. We started off as just like a hobby. Um, and it was started off, we really weren't thinking about making it like mainstream, like a business. We were just kind of like taking a few clients here and there, orders here and there. Um, and then once people started talking and talking and spreading the word, um, we were offered, we had the opportunity to grow um, at a somewhat uh, speedy pace. So that's, that's how we got started. Eris, is that an accurate retelling of the story? Yeah, for the most part, that's a pretty accurate telling of the story. Yeah, that's how we got started. It's been a long time coming, but uh, we were able to add so many products since the beginning. And, um, you know, we have come from humble beginnings. So and we, we plan on keeping a humble mind because we know that we're like students forever. We're always learning something. Yeah, forget being humble. Ball out, son. No, but I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do regardless. <laughs> How many years have y'all been at it now? Um, what is that? How many years? I'll hear what you say. Well, officially, I say about five years. Unofficially, about seven or eight. We got started, like as Paris said, once Sydney was um, out of remission. So at that point, she was about just a little over a year old. And um, so she's nine now. That would make eight years. So yeah, unofficially eight years, officially probably about five years. And when I say officially, that means when we get that paperwork and stuff in order. Got the government all in your business. Yeah. Sorry, that, there, there goes that red hat again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you better not be asking us about EIN number and all that kind of stuff. I'm yeah, gonna hang get up with get you. out of here, CJ. Listen, listen, listen. That's 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 after the pod. We're just going to talk about some stuff. That's uh, a Patreon. <laughs> Right. What would you what would you guys say is uh like the biggest lesson you've learned as entrepreneurs in this time? And when you say this time, you mean the pandemic? Well, not nah, just uh, just over the course of of the business, the last, you know, five to eight years. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just, you know, in the, is that if you want a business that's going to have longevity to it. You have to buy. You have to buy into the idea of trend, of business being more than transactional. Um, you know, dealings. You know, um, happenings. It has to be more about building relationships with people and building community um, within your business. That's how you sustain businesses. So, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is just you know always focus on the people, and because people are what keeps you going around. You need them just as much as you um, this is a revolving door. I agree with that. I would um, to piggyback off of that. I'd say, um, and to always be ready to evolve, always be ready to change because the times are always changing. 
So it's important to keep an open mind and be willing to make that move when you have to make that move. Uh, no one anticipated, we didn't anticipate a pandemic. I'm just going to speak on the last three years. No one anticipated a pandemic. No one anticipated, you know, the effects that it would have on the entrepreneurial world. Um, and I will say for us, the pandemic was actually, it was actually a, a boost in business. Um, so run it back. <laughs> um, run it back. <laughs> and I'm, like, oh, I'm, being, <laughs> I'm being funny, but no, seriously, no, it was a boost because people were home. People had time to really concentrate on their self-care, concentrate on taking better care of themselves, um, taking better care of their families, uh, and just doing better all around, supporting small businesses, supporting Black businesses, and being more conscious and more intentional about their purchasing and their buying power. So that's what I mean when I say it was a success for, the, for our, our industry anyway. Um, so that would be the, the biggest lesson. It's just always be ready, ready, ready to change, ready to grow, and ready to move in you. That's good. You know, Eris, thinking about what you said about building community, I think about a lot of the products that I'm the most loyal to, even if they're not the best, it's the ones with the best customer service where it really feels like you're you're a part of something. Uh, that's why we're trying to build community with the homies. But Eugene and D, they got problems, man. How, how you put that on us? Bro? He's always going to put something on us that's <laughs> like, negative. How was that awful? Anyway, so the Butterland is not U2's first uh, foray into the entrepreneurial world. See, so Eugene and I met Paris in college. Uh, I believe it was our second night there. Eugene and I were touring the dorms, walking door to door. And we happened upon this sad little girl from Merlin just sitting in her room by herself. And we harassed her for about 30 minutes. And it was Paris. <laughs> So you've been harassing people. Paris was a loner, y'all. <laughs> was. I was the people. It was a culture shock for me. It was a culture shock for me. I, you know, I was born and raised um, in PG County, Maryland. So Same. I don't know what I what I expected when I came to Johnson and Wales, but it wasn't that. So I was trying to get my I was trying to get my bearings together, really just trying to figure out like what's going on here. Who could I trust? You you want me to say it, Paris? I'm gonna say it. It was a lot of white people coming from <laughs> It was a lot of white people. And Paris, you went to you went to Parkdale, right? Yes. Okay, so Parkdale is not a white school. I grew up down the street from Parkdale, and there were there was like maybe four houses that were white in my neighborhood. And they were all over the age of 60. So, <laughs> and then coming from coming from that area, like, we don't, that especially that side of town, like, we don't see a lot of white people. Most of the white people over in College Park, uh, like, up outside of PG County, so mostly Montgomery County. So coming to Johnson & Wales and seeing all of these white people, I understand how that's a culture shock.
about meeting in college and uh, Johnson and Wales is um, known for their culinary um their culinary uh education training and whatnot. Um also other majors are there, but culinary was the main focus at the school. And um so yes, we have a I have a culinary background. So our first business was those catering, which is a catering company um that we offered um somewhat like a specialized catering services to um small private parties. Um we did that for we did that for about what Eris about six years? Yeah. Yeah, about six years. Um, and it was fun, it was fun, but catering is physically demanding. Yeah. Um, and I know I know once I got pregnant with Tommy, that was at the end of the, when I was pregnant with Tommy, I remember like being like maybe a week out from having her, maybe two weeks out from having her, and I was just like, I don't know how much more of this I can do because you know, I was pregnant. I already had Sydney running a business. We, I mean, we were doing events like two events a weekend, two or three events a weekend, sometimes events during the week. So we were busy. Um, but our culinary uh, business was very, um, it was our introduction to the business world. And it was like our baby. We had so much fun with it. And so much of what we did with those catering uh, transferred over to the Butterland as far as like running a business and our contacts and connects, it just like transferred over. And it was such a beautiful thing to watch happen because it was such an easy transition, honestly, because a lot of people were like, well, you know, I, I really, really love those catering. So it wasn't very hard for them to buy into the Butterland. That's dope. Do you, so do you guys see more entrepreneurial endeavors in your future? Uh, yeah, I have no um, desire to um, work under the influence of anybody else now that I've gotten a taste of the good life. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to have to be entrepreneurial mixed in there somewhere because I just don't see myself going back to those kind of restrictions. I feel that. So I'm trying to start this thing. Uh, it's going to be called the Red Hat Company. And I just I'm going to pitch you guys on it later. It's a couple nice. of different ideas I have. It's, it's going to be great. Don't worry about it. It's going to fail. I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and let you know. Let's, let's not do that. Claude moved to Long Island three days ago. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. Red is yes. really not one of my favorite colors like to wear that much. Listen, as a man of a certain hue, I look good in every color. I'm not going to deny myself of anything. That's all I'm saying. You should but deny yourself of a lot. Problem. That. This this is just a running joke with Eugene and D for no reason, no oh. reason at all. Oh no no no! Oh. The reason is very loud, very loud. What's the reason? Go ahead, Eugene. Let him know what the reason is. No, I, I really I don't know the reason. I was hoping you see. This is what Eugene does. Eugene will start making fun of somebody for something or start messing with somebody about something and just keep going and forget why he started. This, ah. you're, not, you're not wrong. You're, you're not wrong at all. <laughs> I can see that. Anyway, so tell us a bit about the different offerings that the Butterland has and maybe give us a sneak peek into what may be to come. Okay, um, I'll speak on that. Um, the Butterland, we offer, um, our product line now includes, I, I believe it's 10 products. Uh, we have products that are for hair, 
We have products that are for skin. We have products that are for bath time. And some of our products are for both hair and skin. Um, our most popular product is our Moringa Growth Oil. Um, it does what it says in the title, which is grow hair. It helps to strengthen hair. Um, we also have shampoo, conditioner, styling cream, a body scrub, um, a hair mask, bath bombs, a body soap. The body soap is actually um, something that we outsource from a local soap maker in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, that's literally like a hop, skip, and a jump. Anyone who's from this area from um, Fort Washington is like, you know, two, five minutes right over the bridge. Um, and Jenny, she um, she makes our soap and our bath bombs for us. Um, so we do outsource those, but those are the only products that are outsourced. Everything else is handmade. And all of our products um, include like no more than about seven ingredients. Um, the products that are water-based do have preservatives, natural preservatives. So that way you can have a longer shelf life or else, you know, it would just mold and mildew. So, um, but all of our products have to have natural ingredients and um, it's something in there for men, women, children, the entire family can take advantage of what we have. My, my family and I, we are Butterland users. But I just thought of something. No, you are Butterland babes. I I'll be a babe. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I already said I already said I'm pieced up. So we are we are Butterland babes. You're Butterland babes. Uh, Butterland babies. I was thinking about the Moringa growth oil just now. Mm-hmm. Eugene hairline been falling away for a long time. Wow. I was I knew you was gonna I was gonna ask. <laughs> I was gonna ask if they oh, have anything okay. for. For headlines. I can y'all help him out? Well, you can definitely give it a try. I, I don't. I'm. I'm really parting ways with my hair. I'm. Tra- I'm transitioning to bald. It, I like to say. I like to say that my hair is in hospice, and I'm just keeping it comfortable <laughs> until it transitions home. Oh my goodness! Well, I'm uh, glad that you have accepted. You know your next. Yeah, I've, I've accepted. I've accepted it. I'm. I'm. I'm coming home next year, t- 2023. We're, we're going to pull the plug on my hair. Okay. About is that... time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't, oh, I can't wait. Terrible. For... <laughs> I can't wait for yours. Here's the thing. My dad got a strong hairline. I, I watch him very closely. Other thing is, I shaved my head like six years ago just to see what I would look like. It was Ooh. all right. I remember that. It was, it was not, it was, it was not all right. Do that again. It, was, it was not it all was right. Fine. <laughs> it was fine. It was not. I, I looked good. Thank you. No, you, you didn't. You did not. Well, yes, I did. <laughs> well, you're, well, you're already married, so just hold on to her. Yeah, That's I mean, it. she's not going to divorce me because I'm bored. I hope she made you sleep yeah. on the couch so your hair grew back because you look horrible. That is Eugene's favorite line. <laughs> she's not going to divorce me. <laughs> That's what, I mean, that's what keeps me grounded. Like, hey, she may get upset, but she's not going to divorce me. So I, I could take her being upset a little bit. One day we're gonna do an episode exploring that mindset. We we could do it. It'd be great See content. How you said it a little bit. You know, we're not doing that. <laughs> I, I feel like that would be a very heavily edited episode. Yeah, that might be- <laughs> yeah, that's gonna cause a lot of trouble. Yo, yo, yo cut, cut, cut that part out. Cut that out. <laughs> so Eugene. I wanted to ask a couple questions. Just about growing up in the DMV, I used to always joke with Paris that it was like eighty six parasols at Parkdale. <laughs> they they were at, they were in one class, and then my cousin went to Parkdale, and I think your brother was in her class, 
And I was like, this, there's so many parasols at Parkdale. So what was it? Where did y'all grow up? What side of what part of town did y'all grow up in? What did y'all do for people that did not grow up there? I know the things that, you know, teenagers did back in the early 2000s, but I want, you know, the people to hear the types of things that y'all used to do, you know, growing up in PG. Well, Paris and I actually, we were born at Howard University Hospital. We, Same. Yeah, we never lived in D.C. Um, I guess straight out of the hospital, we came back and we lived in Silver Spring. Um, we lived in Silver Spring right off of Piney Branch Road until we were about seven, six or seven years old, something like that. Um, and then we um, we moved. At this time, my mom and our stepfather were together. They had a child who, we had a younger brother. He passed away. Not too, He was only a baby when he passed away, but they still stayed together. And we moved to uh, Landover. And we lived in Landover before. This was before, I think, they had the state, state didn't even build over there. Um, we lived over there for, what, maybe, I don't know, maybe uh, three years or so. And then uh-huh. that's when I... Our life got a little rocky, you know. We did after that state, we kind of we moved uh, all, all over PG. We went from like uh, yeah. Hyattsville, we went to Riverdale, we lived in um, Forest District Heights. Um, so we just lived in several areas, and then ultimately we ended up living in. Um, uh, where were we, Paris? When we were in those apartments. Um, when we, were, when we were going to Parkdale, what was that considered though? Yeah, Riverdale, New Carrollton, Riverdale area. Uh-huh. So we stayed, we lived there for a little while, and um, but PG County is 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 like fun for black people, for black kids, because you always see people who look like you. You know, um, me. I think being native from this area is a luxury. You know, as a black kid, a luxury that a lot of black kids don't get other areas because you know they're in the rural or they're surrounded by you know different uh, prejudices and stuff. They're just they're immersed in from day one. So living in PG County, it, you know, we had our issues and stuff like that, but it was always fun. So you know, as kids, you're going to the mall, you're going to the movies. Um, <laughs> you jawing on each other. Jawing means kind of like picking fun at. If you don't know what that means, it's, you know, <laughs> going back and forth with your friends, and um, so that's kind of what our our fun was as teenagers. You know, you get off the bus, you don't want to even go in the house. You just sit your bed down and you get right to the fun, the um, S H I T talking, just having fun with your people. Um, go child. to the go go's in high school. Go to the go go's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go to Mad Chef. Go. You know, wherever go-go was at a firehouse or something like that. So you go dance. Well, I, I, I'm going to say the go-go's for Paris and I. I'm going to speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for Paris because she has a voice. But that was really more of things that, like, some of the friends that we had, that was more of their thing. And, then, you know, when you're in high school, you just kind of go with what's going on. And so I wouldn't do it. But looking back at it, even to this day, like, it's still not my thing like that. I do like like it, but it was, like, I can't tell you nothing about nothing, really. Like, I don't know no dates that are on these discs or nothing. I don't know it. So, um, but being a kid in PG was fun. I I will agree. So, Paris, did you like going to the go-go? It was cool. Um, I think I liked it just because it, 
it was like kind of gave us like a grown up thing. Like, you know, it was not yeah. kiddish. It was kind of like you kind of felt like you was a grown up. Um, so I think that's why I liked it. But um, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't wait to go. I went because my friends were going. Uh, it was something to do. It was out of the house. Um, I do like go-go music. I love, I love go-go music. I mean, you always going to get a rise out of me if I hear it. Um, but I'm not like a sexy lady. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's my song. <laughs> Who was that? Is that was that UBC? Was that the name of the band? What? UCB. UC, UCB. UCB. Yeah. UCB. We're not. Listen. We're not going to. We're not going to disrespect UCB. Gene, sex, sexy ladies was the first go-go song that Eugene put me on to, and it's still a banger. And you know the, the go-go community is so much going on right now with you know with um what's the name Sun getting killed. Big G. Um, you know, yeah, Big G Sun just got killed. I think a couple uh, days ago. So it's um you know go-go is a, a cultural experience to DC. Um, and it it, it has such a, a long history in DC. Um, so it, it, it ties the community together. So when stuff like this happens in that community, uh, in the community, it, it, it hurts a lot of people's hearts. So I, my heart and prayers go out to his family. Just want to throw that in there um, because it's tough and um, it's ridiculous, honestly, what's going on in, in D.C. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what I wanted to. I wanted the people to know what it was like growing up in D.C. area. I was a little bit different. I looked forward every week to go into the go-go. I didn't, I went with 10 friends. I went with one friend. I did not care. I just wanted to be out and I wanted to be at the go-go. I remember, I remember specific dates, the DC Armory, 2003, one of the greatest shows of all time. Um, Eugene yeah, that, was for the streets. Was, I was for the streets growing up. <laughs> I was, I was in the streets every weekend growing up i'm not ashamed of it you say you could believe it Paris? yeah i mean you always was playing you always was playing so much always joking around doing too much always i do remember on campus you always want to do something all the time <laughs> always want to go go do something go eat something messing with somebody i can i can definitely see you being in the streets every weekend i can see it <laughs> and some things never change <laughs> no i've been the, i've been in the house I'd be in the house. You, the, you the be streets. in the house messing with people. Oh, yeah. I Because I, I got to prepare them. I have to prepare them for the streets. You don't. From, oh, Jackson, from Jackson on up. How many kids do you yeah. have? I got three. Three. Okay. What, like, what, what, is, what are the ages and what's the sex? All boys, 17, 7, and 1. Goodness. Yeah. yeah. 17 year old. That's my bonus child. But. I know. I, I, I saw. I saw you trying to compute. Okay. <laughs> Harris was doing mad. She was like, "Hold on now." Freshman year was something, huh? She ain't got the college. They know how to act. He wasn't. He wasn't lying when he said he's in the streets. All right, I was gonna let her figure it out. Yeah, oh, my... when we got off the call, I was gonna be like, "Harris, don't tell me what's up." <laughs> nah, that's my that's my bonus sign. We actually we came to Paris House. That was where. Christina met Claude. We met Claude at Paris House years ago. I remember that. You you had came, you came to Maryland. You were staying there for something. It was and I was there. Yep. Okay. 
I don't even think you had. I don't even think you had Sydney yet. That was yeah, like twenty. Probably. It was either twenty eleven, twenty twelve. Yeah, because Cindy was born in uh, 2013. Yep. And that was the first time Christina met Claude. It's been down here ever since. It has. <laughs> I look, I, I've been trying to win her over ever since. We're going to get there eventually. Yeah. I, I feel like we can end on this very important question, which being from New York, Deanna being from uh, somewhere in North Carolina, and don't the play three, me. Uh, don't do that. Bull City, sub Bull City. Durham, North Carolina. Don't play me. The three of y'all being from Maryland. What are the top five cards in spades? Everyone has to give their regional answer. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, you play spades for the idea. What you got? Big Joker, Little Joker. Um, Joker. <laughs> Joker, Joker, Deuce, Ace, right? Yes. Yeah. That yeah. that is the correct. Okay. That's the that's what, only answer. That is that's what y'all say. Diana, what is your answer? I am not a spades player, so yeah. Kick I her know. out, Claude. Kick her out. No, no, no. I didn't, say I, don't know how. I didn't say I don't know how. Just say I'm not. A, I'm not an avid spades player. But I know here we don't play with jokers. What? I've seen That's it worse different than... ways. I've seen it where we don't play with jokers, but I know that jokers are supposed to be in the game. So I'm gonna have to agree with Eris. Yo, the South is so backwards. You it's literally two. No, no, no. It's literally two ways to play everything down here. That's why okay. so, I don't play space. What? So when you don't play with jokers, what's the top five cards? Yeah, I have no idea because I don't play that game. I've only seen it. You That's sound like I don't. You reneged. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that I won't, but I've seen it two different ways, and I've seen it without jokers, which makes no sense to me. So what is yours, CJ? The only answer, the correct answer, always is only Joker, Joker, Deuce, Deuce, Ace. Big Joker, Little Joker, Deuce of Diamonds, Deuce of Spades, Ace of Spades. Top oh. five. Drop the mic, son. Yeah. The game is the game is called Spades. <laughs> Always be trying to do, to do the most. It's, it's, exactly. it's in their DNA. They cannot help it. First of all, why is the Deuce of Diamonds? It's a spade. It is a spade in spades. We invent Deuce. everything and trickle it down to y'all okay. because y'all y'all get the y'all get the misconnection and so you mess it up. What? How is the Deuce of Diamonds? Shut up. So you say so you say Philly 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 messes it up for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what you're saying. You're saying yeah. Philly messes it up. We started in New York, and when when it gets to Philly, it just gets lost in translation. <laughs> and when they get it down, to everybody else. Is okay, I'll, I'll take that because I don't even understand why you would need a uh, two of diamonds in there. I'm I mean, I've seen, diamonds. I've seen it that way. I know. I mean, I've seen it that way. That's just not the way I would do it. I've I've seen it that way. The first, I remember the first time I sat down to play Spades with Claude. It took us literally 20 minutes. To figure out what the, what the hierarchy of cards was going to be, I wouldn't even play. He swore, he swore that the Deuce of Diamonds was supposed to be over the Deuce of Spades. I was just like, that does not make sense. That's the game is called Spades. Works. Why is a Two of Diamonds higher than a Two of Spades? I realize now, you Southern simpletons, you, you can't wrap your your minds around the Deuce of Diamonds being a Spade, and this is why y'all play the weird way that you do. 
apparently your your locks a little bit too tight because I don't know how you wrapping around the diamond. Listen, you it's you are from Durham. Yeah, I just point? got cards last week. You probably wow. still playing Bidwist or something down there. Hey, Bid Bidwist is a good game. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know how to play that? You know how to play that? I played it a couple times with my grand with my grandmother and my aunts. There you go. Bidwist is a game for people. I play Domino. I play Dominoes too. I play dominoes. Yeah, I play. Everybody play dominoes. I play Tom. I play Tom. I've played it before, but I don't have anybody here to play with. Nobody really plays that here. Because you don't have no friends. We're here on the likeness of Harris and Erica. Teach the kids to play. Yo, DB coming at my neck, son. I guess that's all. That's all you could. That's all she could reach from down there. That's the problem. She she can reach She can reach your neck on the ladder. <laughs> How tall are you, D? Four two five even. No, I am legit five even. Yo, every oh. every week it goes up an inch. Last time she was four eleven. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. All right, you're right. I'm four eleven and five even on good days. Okay. between you. This is wow. a real question, D. Can you get oh, on God. the big kids' rides at amusement parks? Yo, I can punch you in the mouth next time I see you. How about that? You gonna jump? Okay, okay. This this is a this is a real question. Have you ever been denied getting on a ride at amusement parks as an adult? No. Because of your you don't height. go to amusement because you don't go because you don't park. go. No, I go and I ride roller coasters and I have not ever oh, been I turned down know. because I'm not that short. I wish you was that trying to play me. <laughs> no, I think the minimum height on most rides is like four ten. I think that's, that's cutting it close. So, that's the minimum height. <laughs> that's cutting it close. They never turn me down. D, they put you in a booster seat. No, they can't put you in a booster <laughs> no. seat. No, she she just gets a she gets another seat belt across her stomach. So you know how they lock down. She gets another one across her stomach so she doesn't fall out. <laughs> I'm not even gonna say nothing because Eris and I aren't that tall either. So. We're, we're, we're not. We're not. Y'all are what five three? Five one. Oh. Five one. Y'all that yeah. short? Yeah. Yes. Dang. Y'all got mad uh, ladders, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> step stools all over the house. Yeah, yeah exactly. Every, every I will say I do keep a I keep a step stool upstairs, downstairs, and one in the kitchen. No, you keep a ladder. You don't keep a step stool. You keep a ladder. I can't. You mean I'm Are being you... nice because we have guests. <laughs> <laughs> to you. <laughs> they are of a respectable adult height. You are not. <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy. It's, it's crazy that you are that short. That is crazy. <laughs> and on that note, we want to thank you all for once again joining this fine American podcast. Paris, Eris, thank you for all the work that you do for the community through the Butterland. Uh, keep up the good work. We are supporting you. We will leave links in the description for our customers to, for our our homies to find you and become your customers, become babes and babies. Uh, where can they find you? Um, you can find us on Instagram. If you follow us on Instagram, we're at underscore the butterland, and it's spelled T H E B U T T E R L A N D. And um, if you want to shop with us online, you can find us at www.thebutterland.com. Very simple. We hope to uh, see you guys soon. Check in with us, send us a DM. Like some pictures, send some stuff in your stories, you know, do all that good stuff. Real quick, where did the name come from? Uh, 
the name, to be honest, Paris and I, this is when we were living in Marlboro Pike. We were just sitting in the living room brainstorming on names and we just threw out some stuff, some names. And, you know, she would say something I'm like, uh, I would say something she said, uh. And I, I, I don't know which one of us blurted it out or said it, um, but we did. And we both just was like, cool, we like it. And we just stuck with it. Um, we didn't even go any further. Once we found something that stuck, we both like, we just kind of rocked with it. We knew we wanted something that was a play on words, but kind of felt like home. I dig that. I love it. Please support the Butterland. Follow them. Rate their products. Tell your friends to tell your friends to tell their friends. And with this podcast, do the same thing. Follow us, like us, support us. Leave five stars. Eugene, if they don't got five stars for this podcast, what should they do? Amazon right now and get a bunch of step stools. Mm, there it is. And on that note, we out. Bye. Kicking in with the homie. Kicking in with the homie. Kicking in with the homie.